Today's Congregation Appreciation Day, and it's where we want to highlight who you are. Here's what the Bible says in Philippians 2, verse 29. Receive him therefore in the Lord with all gladness, and hold such in reputation. And there's some people I want you to know who ought to be held in reputation here at Centennial Baptist Church. Now, all glory goes to God. We know that. We've sung about that. Worthy is His name. But there are some people you should meet because they serve this body. You serve this body. And sometimes in a local church, uh, we start thinking this process that, oh my goodness, we have a pastor and, and then maybe there's a secretary at the church and that's all the people who work here. You're going to find out today, there are a lot, a lot, a lot of people who work around here. They are the body of Christ. The hands and feet of Jesus here in this community. Some of them are in junior high. Some of them are in sixth grade. Some of them are in high school, and we have all kinds of adults. And back in the back, some of our nursery workers that we never get to see on Sunday morning. And we're delighted this one day of the year to be able to do this. And so I'd like to do it kind of by groups. And here's what we'll do. Uh, Some of you, you're going to come up here and you will have already received a a grift. um, Because you're like in four different ministries. And so we're going to ask you when you come up and you already have a bag to bring it back up with you so that we know that. So that we don't accidentally give you two. Okay, so we'd like to start with our deacons and our trustees and our church treasurer, those who are on our board. Come on up, fellas. And we want to love on you for just a second. Come on up here. Don't don't let them walk off. At least these guys are kind of bashful sometimes. Where's Bill? See the guard today? I thought everybody was here. Um, We are missing a couple guys out of town this morning. But we have uh, down here Brother Sid Rocklitz, who's one of our deacons. Brother Ben Mannon, who's our church treasurer and does a fantastic job. Uh, Brother Jim Hain is one of our trustees. Brother Chuck Thomas is one of our trustees. Brother, what are you doing there? (laughs) No. He's the bag guy, not the bag lady, the bag guy. Um, right here, Brother Forrest Griggs, one of our deacons. And Brother Morris Ledfern, who is almost as tall as I am standing on the platform, um, is one of our deacons. And, and Brother Morris and his family this summer, the Lord willing, they're going to be moving to Oklahoma, and we're going to miss him a, in a great deal. But I appreciate these men. Um, we meet once a month, and, and they give me advice all the time. And we, we basically um, seek God's wisdom through these men. But you're going to find out they also serve. That's what God has asked them to do here. And they serve in many ministries. And uh, so I want to publicly thank them for their service. Many of them are life group leaders. And would you give them a hand? They do a terrific job. Thank you, man. Next, I would like to have all of the ladies who are on our nursery schedule for any service of the month to come on up to the front. All right, all of our nursery workers, come on up to the front. And stay up here for just a minute so we can talk about you. All of our nursery workers. Go ahead and bring babies with you. That's fine. No problem. Just have them come right on up. We love babies. Later on this summer, we'll have a special baby dedication Sunday. And we love babies here at Centennial. We have more babies on the way. So this is a great thing. All of our nursery workers who are up here now. Hi. That's my niece. She just learned my name like two weeks ago. It's incredible. Every time I walk by her, she goes, Tony's! It's awesome to have, yeah, see right there. Love it. 
Okay, but our, our nursery workers, now you're looking up here and you're saying, man, we have a lot of nursery workers. We don't have nearly enough. Some of these ladies are in the nursery two, three, four times a month. And you know who they're watching? Your kids. And so we, we in this service, not only highlight who these people are, but we ask, hey, if you'd like to be a part, there's room in the pool. And we'd love to have you help. Thank you to our nursery workers. Thank you so much. If we could have our team come up from Beginner Church and Kids Start. Okay, our Kids Start team and our Beginner Church team. Come on up here. All right, we've got some more of them, I think. Come on up. Kids start team. Anybody else that's missing? Yep, come on up. Come on up. Don't be shy. There they are. Come on up here. Kids start team. Terrific. Every week during this service, this team, they have a rotation, but they watch the kids who are... Um, three, four, and five years old. And they do a terrific job. They don't just watch them. They teach them a Bible lesson. They sing songs with them. And uh, the kids always have a wonderful time. Would you thank our Kids Start team? Thank you so much. If we could have our team from Kids Life to come up. Our team from Kids Life. Now these are the ones that work with our first through fifth graders every Sunday. Our team from Kids Life. Come on up. Brother Safer runs our Kids Life team. And they do a fantastic job and we appreciate it. We have one more coming, Brother James. All right. Thank our team from Kids Life. They do a great job. Thank you. Good job, young people. Thank you. All of our Sunday school teachers, would you come to the front? Those who teach our kids' Sunday school classes. Okay, so this is like our two-year-olds, or three-year-olds. Come on, get up here. Don't be bashful. Where's everybody else at? Come on, come on. No, get up here. Get up here. Come on, you got to come back up. All right? <clears throat> Now, Mrs. Van Sickle has been in Sunday school for years and years, and she's sitting back there with the babies, so I don't know what's going on with that. But we've got uh, from the youngest all the way up through, through fifth grade, and we want to thank our Sunday school teachers. Good job, Sunday school. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. I'd like to ask all of those who help, even on a rotation, with our bus and van ministry. Um, drivers, those who go up to the doors, those who go visit on Saturdays, um, those who help pick up boys and girls, some of the boys and girls who are here this morning. Come on up, everybody on that team. Would you come up right now? Look at this. Isn't this fantastic? This team right here brings boys and girls to church who would otherwise never be able to come to hear about Jesus Christ. And uh, what, what's phenomenal about this team, this young lady right here is married to this ugly guy right here. And they're about to have a precious, pretty little baby because of her. Um, but do you know, how old were you, Allie? Five. When she was five years old, she started riding the bus to church. That's the only way she knew about Jesus Christ. And because of that, she went to a, a Christian school she ended up going to Champion Baptist College, and she married this big oaf right here. And now she is in ministry here at Centennial because of bus ministry. Amen. Amen. Thank you, bus. Appreciate you. Got a big team here. Uh, I'm going to join you together, okay? Our Wednesday night kids team either from Young Adventure Club during the summer or from Awana during the school year. Come on up. All those Awana and Young Adventure Club, come on up right now. Come on. We need you. Yeah, there we go. Come on up. Look at this crew. 
Got a great crew in Iwana. And the boys and girls all know them. Um, we have some who work in the cubbies, and they work with three, four, and five-year-olds. And then we have Sparks, and they work with first and second grade, third grade. And then we have TNT, Truth and Training, who work with the older kids. Yep. Poop, poop, poop. Okay. Great. And they do a tremendous job. And there's boys and girls in this room who know a lot of Bible verses because this team is just there. They're present. And uh, we appreciate their presence and what they do. Thank you, Awana and, and Young Adventure Club. You probably don't want to go too far because now I need the team. Now, this may stretch some of your memories. If you worked in Vacation Bible School last summer, I need you up here. All right? Vacation Bible School, you did anything. You were in a skit, you helped with a craft, you were a teacher. Come on up here. All right? Vacation Bible School team. Yeah? Now, one of the things you're noticing as we talk about these children's ministries, some of you are thinking, I have deja vu. No, those actually are the same people who keep coming up. And they're coming up again and again. Now, they have a heart for children. And we don't necessarily want everybody to work in the children's ministry, right? If you can't stand kids, please don't ever sign up for children's ministry. Um, if you, you know, don't have any patience, we don't want you there. But to be in our children's ministry, we, we do some thorough things and we find out about who you are as a person to make sure our kids are safe. But this is a tremendous team, and they do so much in our children's ministries throughout the year. Thank you, VBS team, and we appreciate you. All right, now I'm going to have this whole group come up together. Our ushers, our greeters, and our welcome team. Ushers, greeters, and welcome team, come on up. Our hostesses. Ushers, greeters, welcome team. Come on up. We appreciate you. You're tremendous. These are the people who smile at you when you get to church. And you just had a fight in the car and you're frowning. And they remind you, hey, you're at church. Put the smile on. Right? This is a great crew. And uh, some, some of our hostesses are the first people that you ever meet at Centennial. And they're the ones who know a lot of stuff. They know where kids' classes are, and they know how to remember names, and they do things that some of the rest of us just, just cannot do. But we appreciate this team who greets you as you come in on Sundays. Thank you very much. Appreciate you. I like to ask those who work in our youth ministry as teachers or mentors or who attend our youth group on Wednesday nights um, during the year to work with our kids to come on up. Yep, come on up. Come on, we're going to get him out of the booth. Here we go. He's, he's hustling. Love the. Where's the crying baby right now? Let's just go ahead and highlight the. Yeah, over here. Okay, perfect. Terrific. Hey, these people right here, can I tell you something? They're the salt of the earth. They have a passion to help middle school and high schoolers who nobody else really wants to hang out with. I'm just kidding, kids. Just kidding. Yeah, yeah. hey, I'm with you, man. They have a passion to work with young people to help them find God's purpose for their lives and to help parents know what that would be. And, uh, and so I just love them and I appreciate them. Thank our youth team. These guys are part of it. These guys are part of it. Thank you so much. Okay, I'm going to have another group come up. Yeah, this, this group's going to include um, three, three things. Our choir, people who sing in special music, and all of our musicians. Would you come up? All right? And when we do this one, we also want our sound team to come up. All the guys who work in our sound team, our graphics... Soundboard, video, all the different guys. Come on up. People who are involved in, in music, either playing the keyboard or the guitar. 
or the bass guitar, or piano, all these folks. Look at them. They, they all work. Now, they all do what they do, I hope, and I, I think it's true. They do what they do to complete Psalm 34.3, which says, Magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together. And that's what these folks are up here. To help the congregation to praise God together. They do a fantastic job. They require a lot of hours of work and practice and sometimes drudgery. Um, Coming to choir practice in the middle of the summer when you'd rather be taking a nap. These, These are incredible folks. Would you give them a hand? Thank you so much. God bless you. We have a group that you would never know, you'd never know this, but they help this church stay effective spiritually. They're on our prayer and care chain. And they love people through prayer. They provide meals sometimes for bereaved families. Sometimes they go visit a shut-in. Sometimes they go see somebody in the hospital, and I'd like that whole team to come up right now. Come on up. If you're on the prayer chain or the care chain, okay? Prayer chain, care chain. If you can't make it all the way to the front, at least wave or stand or do something. A lot of these are senior saints, and we appreciate them and what they do. Prayer and care chain, come on up. We appreciate you so much, and we love you. Yep, prayer and care chain. Right here, look at this. Love this. We have young people starting to get involved in this too. And we need that. We've got to pass the torch to the next generation. Over here, Brother Casey. Thank you, prayer and care chain. We love you. We appreciate you. Okay, I'm going to group um, three groups together. Okay? And these are people who are in our weekday ministries. And so I'm going to ask all those who work in our daycare ministry, our school ministry, and our kitchen ministry to come to the front. Daycare, school, and kitchen ministries, come on up. And these are people who work here during the week, either as volunteers or as paid employees, and they do a tremendous job. And it really is a ministry heart. And we appreciate them and we love them. And come on up, here they come. And some of them have little tiny ones that they're bringing, theirs or somebody else's. It's just what they do. Yeah, they do a tremendous job. And I could go through and I could tell you something about each one of these people. We don't have the time to do that this morning, but they do a phenomenal job during the week. A lot of times people come to church on Sunday and they think, well, that's all they got. That's, uh, they come on Sundays and I've had people ask me before, Pastor, what do you do during the week? Um, do, you, do you work? I'm like, yeah, come see me. It's good. I love it. Come on up here. Get a little face time. Here we go. See that? See those people? You want to wave at them? Yeah? This is Brianna. She's awesome. Um, but during the week, from six weeks old up through 12th grade... We have people who are ministering on this property, and it really is ministry. Some people say, well, you guys have a daycare so you can make money. If only you knew. (laughs) You have a Christian school so you can have more money for the church. If only you knew. Um, The church invests so much into those ministries just to continue them. But we do it because we have a heart for boys and girls in this entire community. And we have kids who enter into our daycare whose parents have never before come to a church service anywhere. They don't even know who Jesus Christ is. And our workers love them. And they pray for them. And they're there for them when they have a need. And we appreciate the folks who do that. Thank you so much. God bless you. She's clapping. Okay, I'm going to join two groups together again. Those who are working our ladies' ministries to set up for events, banquets, 
um, any type of event we have on the property. And our golden girls. I wanted to highlight our golden girls because they minister to each other in the body. So golden girls and ladies ministry, come on up. And if one of them needs help, help them. Come on, girls. Hey, I know you can get up here. Come on, golden girls. I want you up here. These girls meet sometimes two to three times a month month with each other to edify each other, to build each other up. They go to meals together. They check in on each other. Um, My grandmother, who's right here, she's 92 years old. And there are times where I don't know that something happened with her, but one of the golden girls tells me. And they check up on each other and they love each other. And if you um, are a, a lady who's over 55 years old, who'd like to be in the Golden Girls, they would love for you to be a part of them. They, they have a... Pearl, I want you to stand too. Because she's part of a week, weekday ladies Bible study that they're doing now on a Tuesday. We have some other ladies who are doing that. And we just love you, ladies. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. And those who minister in our ladies' ministry do a fantastic job. Give them a hand, would you? Another group that I want to come up. All of those who volunteer in our building and grounds. So they help take care of the lawn. They help... Um, to do stuff on work days. They help to put sprinklers in. They help to make sure the lawn gets weed-eated. They trim the trees. They shovel. They wheelbarrow. Come on up, all of you, the whole team. I want you up here. I know you guys don't like to be on camera, but get up here. Um, I appreciate you, and I love you. Thank you so much. They do a tremendous job. And you would not... you, You wouldn't even believe how much these folks do around here to keep things presentable and and to the glory of God. Church is not about buildings, but because we're meeting in one, we're thankful that it looks nice. And we're thankful that these folks do such a, a fine job. And thank you. We appreciate you. We love you. God bless you. If you want to pull your notes out from your bulletin, I know that the kids are, are in here, and I'm not going to speak very long this morning. It's so exciting to have the entire church in here this morning as we finish up our series about spiritual gifts. And today we're going to look at the gift of mercy. And so if you have your Bibles, go back over to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. By the way, if you missed a week in this series... Um, Brother Chuck Thomas, who I did not highlight, right back there, Chuck, wave at everybody. He runs our CD ministry. And because he runs that ministry, we have all of our sermons not only available by CD and by set, but also available online on iTunes. And so we appreciate what Brother Chuck does. And if you ever miss a week, maybe you're sick, you're out of town, you can go to centennialbaptistchurch.org and uh, you can download on iTunes. You can get a CD from Brother Chuck. We appreciate what he does. Yep, thank you. You can clap for him. He does a great job. In fact, here's what Chuck will do. If you have a series that you'd like to give out to a family member from four years ago, he's got it. I don't even sometimes remember the name of the series or what we did. He does, and he's got it. And he'll help you with, with a family member who's got a question uh, or a question about Bible translations, things like that. But we've said all along, every believer has a spiritual gift. And, and God doesn't want us to be ignorant of what those gifts are or how to use them. That's why he gave us instructions regarding his gifts. And every one of us is going to give an account to God for what we did with what He's given us. Whether that's time or abilities or resources or spiritual gifts. Now I'm going to ask you, uh, boys and girls, help me out on this one too. How many of you out there have ever received a Christmas gift before? Ever received a Christmas gift before? Okay, yep, yep, yep. 
You sure have. Good, good. Now, how many of you, this is another one, how many of you have ever given someone a Christmas gift? You ever given someone a Christmas gift? Yep, sure enough. Now, now listen, how do you feel when you give another person a gift and they never use it? Isn't that a bummer? I mean, goodness gracious, you give them a gift and they never use it. You remember, guys, when you gave your wife a workbench for her anniversary and she never used it? You gave her a power drill and she's an ingrate, unthankful, right? Guys are so creative, aren't they? They know like seven phrases to put in the card and they know the perfect gift. Um, they either buy her something she can cook them a meal with or a man tool, right? When you bought your wife a 12-gauge shotgun, can I just tell you, not a womanly gift, probably. She may have been pleased by it, but not so sure on that. So, so sometimes you give your kids a gift, though, and you look out in the backyard that very same day, you know what they're playing with? A stick, Right? They have an old can they're kicking out in the yard. And there is your $120 gift that was the last one at Toys R Us that you punched the guy in the face to get. And they're not even playing with it. That never happened, really. Not not to me. Never never happened. Um, but, But look, folks, there are gifts that we give that aren't appreciated. And imagine how God feels when He has distributed a gift to every one of His children. And most of his kids don't even notice the gifts. See, when believers use their gifts, God is glorified. Let's pray before we get into the short message today. Father, would you guide us through this time? I thank you so much for every person who's here today, no matter what age. And I pray that those who understand the gospel would know that they could have eternal life through Jesus Christ, even today. And we ask it in your name. Amen. Let's start by defining the gift of mercy. The Greek word is L-A-A-O. Everybody say it with me. L-A-A-O. I'll try it again. L-A-A-O. Sounds Hawaiian. L-A-A-O. How many of you have ever been to Hawaii? Did they teach you the name of that fish that has a face like a pig? Humu humu nuku nuku abu a'a. I'm being serious. How many of you know humu humu nuku nuku apu a'a? Spell it. I'm just teasing. (laughs) Yeah. It really is a word. It really is a fish. It's the state fish of Hawaii. Some of you are Googling on your phone right now. H-U-M-U, right? Okay. You've got to know how to spell it first. But the Greek word is L-A-A-O, and it describes one who serves God and advances the church Listen, by identifying with and comforting those who are in distress. Now, this gift is not just feeling sympathy for another person, but genuinely acting upon that sympathy. You remember the story of the Good Samaritan? Yeah, it's in Luke 10. It's a parable that Jesus told when a lawyer asked him, Who's my neighbor? Hey, let's do this. I need a kid who can act like he's just been beat up by a bunch of thieves. I need a kid who can act like that. Like he's just been beat up by a bunch of thieves. There are no kids who could do that? Right here, Colby could do it, yeah. In fact, with him, there are some people who may volunteer to do the beating. Just kidding, just kidding. Love this boy. All right. Perfect. He wore his orange flip-flops so he can stand out here in the story. Okay, so come right on up here. Okay, so a bunch of thieves just attacked this guy and beat him senseless. All right? You're dead. Well, almost. All right? You're almost dead. So, now we need, let's see. Uh, I need somebody to act like a priest. Okay, right here. Come on. Come and act like a priest. Okay? Right? I need somebody to act like a Levite. Somebody act like a Levite? Come on. Come on. We act like a Levi. And I need somebody who could be a good Samaritan. We need a girl. Come on. Right? 
Oh, they're fighting over who's the Good Samaritan. <laughs> Not a good sign. All right, Echo and Izzy, you both can be Good Samaritans. Actually, the Good Samaritan had a donkey. Which one wants to be the donkey? Okay, all right. Okay, thank you. God bless you. Could you carry her back? Yeah, I love this. Okay, so we'll line them up. Here we go. This is great. Isn't it fun to have kids in church? All right, who's the Levite? Who's the Levite? Yeah, who's the priest? All right, so first, here's this guy that's been beat by thieves. Here we go. And the priest comes by, and he sees the guy's been beat, and he passes by on the other side. Not going to help that guy, right? And then we got the Levite, and he comes by, and he sees the guy's about to die, and he passes by on the other side too, right? And then here comes the good Samaritan on his donkey, (laughs) right? And he stops the beast, and he gets off, and he goes, she goes, and picks up this thing in the road and puts it on his own beast and carries it to the inn. All right, you guys know that story, don't you? All right, these kids did a great job. Thank you, kids. Good job. Good job. Hey, that's, that's listen to me, that's what kids' life is like every week. Kids have fun going to church. And, and you know adults should have fun going to church too? Now we're not going to make any of you come up and act like a donkey. Some of you do just fine without yourselves. So, um, but, but we do have fun at church occasionally. And it's okay on a day like this. So, so they both, the priest and the Levite, have you ever thought about this? They both went out of their way to accomplish nothing. Can you think of this? They went out of their way to accomplish nothing. Nothing. Does that not describe 90% of our society? People who go out of their way to accomplish nothing in life. And people with the gift of mercy are like the Samaritan. See, the, the Samaritan showed the definition of the gift of mercy. He acted upon his compassion. Let's talk about discerning the gift of mercy. There are a lot of people who think that they have the gift of mercy because it's such a nice-sounding gift to have. But they may not actually have this gift. Let's talk for a minute about how to figure out if this is the gift with which God has blessed you. Do you know, people with the gift of mercy tend to be peacemakers because they seek joy for others. They don't want anyone around them to have disputes. And John, who was one of Jesus' disciples... He gave us this example of a person with the gift of mercy. Look over to 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. I'll show you this. 1 John chapter 3. Now this describes the story, you guys may remember this, of Cain and Abel. It's right here in 1 John. So it describes the very first chapters of the Bible at the end of the Bible. 1 John 3, verse 11. For this is the message you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Look at this. Not as Cain, who was of that wicked one, and slew his brother, and wherefore slew him, because his own works were evil and his brother's righteous. Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hates you. Verse 14. We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. And ye know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. See, John, he didn't want anybody to have an argument with anybody else. And he wanted everybody to be happy, happy, happy. So look back now to chapter 1 in John, 1 John. 1 John chapter 1. That outburst, I apologize, that was from Duck Dynasty fans. 1 John chapter 1, verse number 4. And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. Your joy may be full. Now how many of you know a kid, how many of moms and dads know a kid who can make a really sad face? Whoa. Right here. Perfect example. How how many of you, you know a kid who can make a really sad face? 
Oh, come on. You do. Yep. Yeah. Okay. How many of you have a, a kid who's eight years old who can make a really sad face? You do? Oh, Wyatt, come here. Wyatt, would you come and help me? Can you come and help me, please? Pretty, please? All right, Tony, you come and help me. You want to come and help me? Come here. Come on up here. All right. Now, he's not eight. He's a, how old is he? He's five. Okay, come on up here. I was getting an eight-year-old so we can see him, but hey, this works better for me. Look how tall I am. <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, I like this kid because his name is, oh, ironic. We have the same name, dude. Isn't that cool? Oh, can you make a sad face? <sighs> no, no, like make a sad face like if your mom is about to tell you that you can't have the cookie. Okay, how about this? How about this? You're outside playing, and mom says, Tony, you have to come in now. (laughs) All right, you guys get the point. You guys get the point. Thank you, Tony. Good job. Some of you can make a sad face. I see it every Sunday. So... So I know, I know you can make a sad face. But look, John, he wanted everybody to be happy. He didn't want anybody to be sad. Now, now here's the deal. When somebody with the gift of prophecy walks by a sad person, he might tell him to repent of his sins. A, a teacher might try to explain why the person's unhappy. An exhorter might decide to walk alongside of him in his sadness. A giver may toss him a lollipop for some temporary fun. But a person with the gift of mercy, you know what they want the most? They want this person to be happy. Now, you may have a spouse who cannot exist with you being sad. Now, some of you are looking at me like, nope, <laughs> not, 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 <laughs> not me. But there are people like, Oh, don't be sad. Don't be angry. Don't be upset. What can I do to make it better? And they'll do whatever it takes to make it better. Look at chapter 3 in 1 John. 1 John 3. We read up to verse 15. Look at verse 16. Hereby perceive we the love of God, because He laid down His life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoso hath this world's good... And seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him. How dwelleth the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. You know, people with the gift of mercy can be counted on to take care of those who might be forgotten by others. There are people every Sunday, even at Centennial, who slip through the cracks They don't get taken care of. And people with the gift of mercy, they go out of their way to see those folks and to try to meet their needs. You know, they motivate others around them to participate in needs that are just like this passage, in social type needs of providing and helping somebody emotionally. You might remember this. John was the disciple that remembered to take care of Jesus' mother As Jesus was hanging on the cross, he showed the gift of mercy. Let's talk about the dangers of the gift of mercy. What could possibly go wrong with someone that has mercy? Well, like any of the gifts, when they're done in the flesh, bad things can happen. And because mercy is so tied to emotions, people with this gift could act totally upon feelings and leave out truth. And we all have to be reminded from time to time that it's never right to do wrong to do right. You've probably heard that phrase before. It's never right to do wrong to do right. And acting on feelings instead of faith, sometimes it makes us pragmatic instead of spiritual. It's not right for us to sympathize with those who are violating God's standards. But the merciful heart still wants to do just that. 
And this can cause us to react negatively to God's purpose in people's lives when God is trying to get their attention or when God is chastening them. People with this gift, another thing, they could fail to be firm and decisive because they're so sensitive to hurting or offending those around them. And so they play it over and over again in their mind. What if I? What if he? What if she? And here's another one I've noticed. When people with the gift of mercy see or perceive someone hurting another, they can feel hurt as well, especially if it's a friend who's being hurt. And this can lead to the sinful harboring of a grudge or negative feelings towards someone that's never done anything wrong to them. I've seen people completely cut off fellowship with someone who is insensitive to one of their friends. Look, if we live in the spirit in the local church, things have a way of working themselves out. But a person with the gift of mercy might jump into a fight that's not really a fight and make it worse. You ever seen somebody do that? They jump in the middle of a fight that's not really a fight and make it worse. That can happen with the gift of mercy. Can I caution you about one other one? A person with this gift can allow improper affection from those of the opposite gender. See, a merciful person has the ability to be a good listener and sensitive and understanding and responsive to the needs of others. And this can be a big appeal to somebody whose husband or wife or friend doesn't have that gift. So look, if you have the gift of mercy, you really need to safeguard yourself against allowing anyone of the opposite gender to establish an improper emotional attachment to you. While I'm at it here, let me give you one more warning. Throw this one in. Merciful people have the potential to grow an obsessive possessiveness of their friendship with others. That's my friend. Why is he talking to you? Why is she talking to you? Why did they go over to your house for a barbecue? It's my friend. Let me tell you this. In the body of Christ, let's all be friends. It's okay if somebody from this section goes to a barbecue with somebody in this section. Right? It's okay if somebody goes to IHOP from that section with somebody from that section. You will wait a while for service, by the way. Um, And here in this section, it's okay if some of you people have popcorn with somebody from the other sections. It's all cool to do that. But sometimes we get so obsessive about our, even our church friendships. And if, if we do that, we could grow into having cliques. We could grow into having factions within the church where there's whispering and gossiping and she did this and he did this and you should and you shouldn't. And look, could we let the Spirit of God control us and all be part of the same patchwork quilt Do you ever notice on a patchwork quilt, some of the patches are striped and some are polka dot? Some of them are long and some of them are short. Some of them have like psychedelic patterns. Some of them are one color. It's the same thing in the body of Christ. There are people on every row, on every chair with different ideas. In fact, in your chair... There's a person who sometimes doesn't like his own ideas, right? Have you ever read something you wrote 10 years ago? You're like, I was a fool. I was an idiot. Yeah, we, we've changed and we're different, but we're one body in Jesus Christ. So we have to get over those things or it's dangerous to you and it's dangerous to your family and to the church. Let's, let's close up by talking about the delights of the gift of ministry. Jesus was the model for all the spiritual gifts. And when a gift is used according to his example, it's a great blessing to the church. Kids, how many of you know Mr. Casey here who plays the guitar? Okay, Casey, come play your, come, come up here with your guitar for a second. I didn't tell him I was going to do this. I'm not going to hurt you. I promise. Yeah, just come up here and hold your guitar. Play us something. Play us a chord or... Yeah, there you go. Just drum. Is that what it's called? Yeah, there we go. Beautiful. Just beautiful. Could you play something beautiful, please? Ah, that's beautiful. All right, play, keep playing. Go ahead. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. 
Casey plays the guitar. That's his instrument. It's his instrument, right? Does the guitar play itself? Nope. He plays it. Now, what if Casey hands that instrument over to me? I'm not going to hurt your instrument. All right? What if he hands the instrument over to me, and I decide that I'm going to use his beautiful instrument that he can play beautifully, I'm going to use it as a fence post in my yard. What do you think he's going to think? He's probably about to kill me right now just for the thought. All right? That's not what it's created for. That's not what it's meant to be used for. It's meant to be used for beauty. Thank you, Casey. Appreciate that. By the way, if any of you boys and girls ever touch that guitar, he will take you down to Chinatown. All right? Just throwing that in. It's the little thing down at the bottom. You know, that would be a horrible thing to misuse that instrument. But that's what we sometimes do with the beautiful gifts that Jesus has modeled for us. We misuse them or abuse them or disregard them. And we find in the Scripture Jesus showing compassion on the needy time and again. Jesus sought out people with needs. He was ready when the ten lepers asked for mercy. He healed them all, even though only one said thank you. When the man with the withered hand showed up and said, Jesus, if you will, you can make me clean. Jesus said, I will be clean. And we've already seen one of the stories that Jesus told that defined mercy, the Good Samaritan. I've always loved the story of blind Bartimaeus. It's over in Luke 18. Would you look over there? Luke 18. Verse number 35. Boys and girls, you are doing a tremendous job. 18. Verse 35, And it came to pass as he was come nigh to Jericho, a certain blind man sat by the wayside begging. And hearing the multitude pass by, he asked what it meant. They told him that Jesus of Nazareth passed by. And he cried, saying, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. I don't deserve it. Have mercy on me. And they which went before rebuked him. So some people, like the priest and the Levite, said, Hey, no mercy going on around here. Jesus is in town. Hold your peace, blind Bartimaeus. That's sometimes what we do in the local church. Instead of giving mercy to the person who most desperately needs it, we say, you don't look like a Christian. You don't act like a Christian. Hey, could I give you a hint? They're probably not a Christian. That's why they don't act like a Christian. Some of you, when you walked in this morning, you're like, oh, he doesn't look like a pastor today. I'm not listening to a word he says. Can I just tell you, you're some of the people from this passage. Let's love mercy for each other. They rebuked a blind man who needed healed because he asked for mercy. It's incredible that they did. But Jesus, look what happens. This is awesome. He cried so much the more. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. So they couldn't stop him. And Jesus stood and commanded him to be brought unto him. And when he was come near, he asked him, saying, What will thou that I should do unto thee? And he said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Receive thy sight. Thy faith has saved thee. And immediately he received his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise unto God. Jesus saw the need and he did something about it. He said, Pastor, I can't heal blind people. I'm not saying that you can, but you can be ready to be used as a vessel of God, as the hands and feet of Jesus Christ in this miserable world. There are people that you can influence to understand and receive eternal life through Jesus Christ. You have been gifted by the Almighty Spirit of God to do something huge in the kingdom. Friend, if you're here without Jesus in your life, I hope you'll take my hand after the service and allow me to have one of our counselors show you from the Word of God how you can be born again, how you can be assured that you're a child of God for all eternity.
We're going to close differently than normal this morning because we just don't get this privilege very often. By the way, if we had church like this every week, it would be extremely annoying. (laughs) But because we do it once a year, it's beautiful. It reminds us what God has given us here in this body. It reminds us of how many people are involved in helping and in working. And, you know, there are things that your boys and girls learn every week in church that they could never learn in this service. They learn because it's on their level. Because somebody helps them and loves them. And I'm going to do this. I'm going to invite all of the boys and girls to come up to the platform and we're going to have a prayer for them today here up on the platform. I want you to bring everyone who will come up, all the babies, anybody who will come, unless they're kicking and screaming, bring them up here and we're going to sit right down here and we're going to have a prayer together. All right? Yeah, bring, the, bring your babies. Go ahead. Hey, I have a baby. I'm a nice guy. Bring him up. Yeah, come on up. Sit right down here, guys. Yeah, perfect. Hey, how are you doing? Yeah, there we go. Yeah, we're getting the baby. Scoot this way, kids. We got more coming. Come on this way. Good job. I'm just kind of thinking in my mind of a site in the New Testament where this happened with a guy named Jesus. And all the spiritual godly people who are out in the crowd said, what are all those kids doing by Jesus? Don't they know who he is? Don't they know he's trying to teach? Do you know that there's a four-year-old sitting right here who will remember this for years? There's a seven-year-old who remember the time they got to go on the platform and have a special prayer together. It's a beautiful thing. Come on, bring the babies, yeah? Let them touch the platform. That's great. Yeah, there's Brianna. Hi. Here she comes. Find somebody you know, sweetie. There we go. We got them all up here. Amen. Let's have a, we're going to have a special prayer for them. Okay? Let's pray together for all these boys and girls. Our Father in heaven, Jesus, we know that you love these boys and girls more than anybody. It's hard to imagine, but you love them even more than their mom and dad, Jesus. You love them so much that you died on the cross to save them for all eternity. And I pray that every one of these boys and girls, when they understand who you are and what you've done, would receive you into their lives. We thank you that at Centennial Baptist Church that we can value these kids, that we can uplift them and thank you for them. I pray that every week of the year that we would value them just as highly as they're in their own environments and help us to continue to invest and to create environments to reach boys and girls for Jesus Christ. Be with every one of these kids today. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. And all the boys and girls said, Amen.